Gambling is pretty common. Some even say it's part of Australian culture. And for many people, it's a harmless activity. But for some, it can become an issue. Welcome to Let's Talk Gambling, the podcast, covering topics like kids gaming and gambling, the risks of online gambling, and knowing when it's time to talk. This podcast series gets the conversation started. So let's talk gambling with your host, Natalie Wright, Director, Office of Responsible Gambling, New South Wales. Gambling is a pretty common pastime. We know that just over half of adults in New South Wales gamble and most people won't experience any harm. Yet for others, gambling can be a real issue. Almost one in five people who gamble experience issues with gambling or a risk of developing problems. What does this mean for those of us who do gamble or know someone who does? How do we know when to talk about gambling? We have two guests with us today to help tease this out. Nick Fisher, a counsellor from Gamble Aware in Northern Sydney and Central Coast, and Lee Mason, chair of the Gambling Impact Society, who is going to share his personal experiences with us. So thank you and welcome to you both. Thank you very much. Nick, I might start with you first. At Gamble Aware Northern Sydney and Central Coast, every day you work with people who are experiencing gambling issues, either themselves or supporting a loved one who may be. What are some of the signs we should look for that you or someone that you know might be struggling with gambling? Well, that's a great question, Natalie. And what I would say to that is you've got to look for some of the key signs around expenditure and losses. You know, if someone can't afford to go out, if you're engaging with a social interaction, going to the pub, going to the movie, spending time with family or mates, and they can't afford to do something and have the money available, that might be a warning sign. That might be an indicator that something maybe isn't going quite right for them. You know, if you think about coupled with that, people who are either spending excessive amounts of time alone or away from family or friends, doing things without sort of a reason for being there or being away from different groups of people for an extended period of time, you know, excessive kind of checking of your phone or privacy around sort of devices. And I guess just kind of an overall disconnect or not really talking to or communicating with the people who you might trust, observing changes there and really just monitoring the things that might be happening outside of the ordinary. Thanks for that. And are there any sort of particular, you know, if it's impacting the gambler themselves, what are what are some of the signs to go, actually, I might be struggling here? Yeah, look, it's, it's a really interesting point too. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people report that sort of, you know, obviously there's a huge financial component in terms of how that might be impacting someone personally. And I guess it's also a psychological thing too, if someone's saying that, well, what might have been started as a pastime, as a recreational activity or something kind of quote unquote fun to do really isn't that fun anymore. And then really the engagement or excitement maybe has been taken out of it. And, you know, I hear a lot from people, clients who I work with who say, what's the effect of, you know, I don't even know why I'm going there anymore, perhaps. Or I don't even quite have an idea of what that looks like or why I am, but there's an automatic behavior. There's kind of an inbuilt mechanism around that. You know, I've talked to people, for example, who might say on a Friday night, come rain or shine after 5 p.m. They always go to the pokies, you know, same way people might just go to the gym. And there isn't really always a lot of thought even around that, but it's so commonplace and so reinforced that it becomes very difficult to break that cycle. Yes, certainly. And Lee, turning to you, what was your experience with gambling like? What made you realise it was time to seek some support and help? I think it was definitely affecting my family life, affecting me on a physical level. It would affect my sleep. I was obviously giving quite a lot of time to my addiction, spending a lot of time 
away from my family, spending a lot of time away from home and really having a, a very big impact in my financial life as well. Gambling obviously is not conducive to a good financial state. And so it was at that point you realised you needed some help for your addiction. To be truthfully honest, the moment that I realized that I really needed to do something about my gambling addiction was when my children became the focus of an event. So the day that I sought help for my gambling addiction was the 6th of December in 2012. I remember it vividly because my wife rang me up to ask me to go to a chemist and pick up some Panadol for my children who were quite sick, they had a flu and I was stuck in a pokey room playing the machines and she rang me just after six o'clock and we live in a regional area of New South Wales and basically that phone call was the termination of our relationship. I essentially lost all the trust in my relationship by giving my time to the poker machines. So you sought help following that? Yes. So I went on a journey of trying to find what fit best with me as far as a recovery to help me deal with my addiction. I was concerned about a number of things, obviously disclosing that I had a gambling problem, how would it affect my family, how would it affect my work, my relationship with other people, and also trying to find a method to help me recover. There is a lot of different organizations out there. There's everything from spiritual help to physical help to things like hypnotherapy. There's so many different facets that are available to help you with finding a way to recover from an addiction. And that was the drama that I had. I was trying to work out which one fit best for me. Absolutely. And Nick, I might turn to you now just on that same topic is how do you know when somebody needs professional support? And just as Lee's outline, what are some of the options and help that they can get? We know that everyone's different and everybody has different needs and ways that they can be supported. So if you could talk us a little bit through that. Absolutely. be more than happy to. I mean, I think obviously the point that needs to be made here is it's a little bit of a different journey for everyone. And, you know, oftentimes people do need to have a catalyst moment or a series of events that lead them to a point of actually being able to reach out for help. Because, you know, oftentimes if we take ourselves sort of into the observer role, we can look at someone and say, hey, you know, you've lost X amount of dollars over the course of a period of weeks or months, you know, maybe you want to get help, but the person might have a narrative themselves that maybe it's not right for them. But what I would say to that is, you know, if someone in your life has identified to you a close family member or friend that maybe they're picking something up and maybe they're concerned about you, maybe they want to give you the chance to get some sort of help or assistance yourself because they have a serious concern, there's nothing wrong with reaching out and getting a little bit of support because I don't like to think about, you know, the role of counselling as necessarily being, you know, interventionary to a point where we're talking about a complete 180 of someone's life. I mean, most of the people who I talk to are doing a lot of really good things to help and support themselves anyways. But going and actually talking to a gamble aware therapist can be a hugely important step in terms of checking in and realizing some of the options that might be available for you. And what I would say to that be a bit more specific in terms of the how, in terms of the process, there's a myriad of different things you can do. Pulling up the gambling line would be sort of the first point of call to go, which can connect you with different services in your area. And that's a really great starting place to sort of actually reach out to a service like the one I work for. And I would say within that, you'll find you have a lot of different connection options. And, and I'm 
pleased to work for an organisation that does do a lot of wraparound services with financial counselling and legal assistance and all sorts of other things, a bit of a one-stop shop, if you will. But the message I really want to give people is that support is out there, support is available, support is provided to you as a, as a client, not at a cost, and that the people that we have here are here to help and here to help you. Great. Thank you. Just turning to people that are at risk, we know that some people are more at risk of developing an issue more than others. Are there particular people in our lives we should be looking out for in time or at times in our lives that we need to be more careful about how we do participate in gambling if that's what we choose to do? Well, you know, there's a a couple of points to be made here. And of course, the first is that, you know, anyone can make a determination personally about what they want to do with gambling within reason, because I like to think that everyone obviously has a choice and has a role to play in making that work in their own lives. But in terms of, you know, particular people, be it in terms of demographics as people in society, you know, the one point which has come across with me in the years that I've been doing this is that, you know, gambling doesn't discriminate. You know, I've talked to people who are sort of, you know, uh, in some cases, you know, all different levels of socioeconomic incomes, you know, some people who might be struggling financially, but I've had people who are lawyers and doctors and all sorts of people doing other things who gambling has affected them by. So, you know, whilst I think we should obviously be mindful of sort of, you know, a lot of different people, I think they're, they're one of the real key concepts for me here is the fact that no one is immune from gambling. You know, we think about the role plays in society with the link with sport and advertising and all sorts of other things. It's difficult to put yourself in a role in society where you're kind of immune from that media, from immune from that cycle of, of gambling kind of interacting with you in any way. So I would say we've got to obviously treat everyone empathetically and caringly and realize that, you know, any person we interact with could have an issue or could be developing a problem. So that's why it's so important to have these kind of services and make them more accessible and more user friendly than possible. Because, you know, once again, you know, your brother, sister, mother, dad, friend, whoever could and might be affected by gambling in a certain stage of their life. Yeah, that's right. And Lee, obviously, you've experienced firsthand that there is support out there and, you know, there is a raft of different options for people. What advice would you give to listeners out there wondering if it's time to talk or reach out? I'd say that if you've had thoughts that you have a gambling addiction or you're feeling the effects of harm from gambling, then you probably do need to talk to somebody. If you're hiding it from people, hiding the money that you're spending or you're putting away money specifically for gambling, that would definitely be an indicator for me. If you're giving up time to spend gambling as opposed to doing other more healthier interventions, then maybe you might need to talk to somebody about whether or not you have a problem with gambling. There's resources out there on the Gambling Help website. You can call 1-800-858-858, the Gambling Aware hotline. There's all sorts of other organisations like our organisation, GIS New South Wales, that have some resources that you can research and look at and see whether or not there might be signs in your gambling that might point towards an addiction. Thanks, Lee. Nick, any final advice from you for listeners? My final advice would be support those around you and realise and recognise that you don't know what someone else is going through. Gambling is a pernicious and sometimes very harmful, different mode of sort of recreation in our society that oftentimes doesn't become recreational very quickly. Supporting those around us and encouraging them to get help is a hugely important step. 
There is help out there. There are people who want to help. And if you see someone who might be struggling, there's no reason you can't have a tap on the shoulder, have a quick chat, give them the support and point them in the right direction. So we know apart from speaking to a professional, there are some other options out there for people that might be struggling who may want to stop gambling altogether, often known as self-exclusion. Lee, did you want to sort of talk a little bit about that as an option for people? Yes. So early on in my recovery, I spoke to a counsellor and one of the the options that was given to me was to self-exclude from the local pubs and clubs. For clubs, you can do that through your counsellor and the counsellor can formally ask for for the local clubs in your area to exclude you from being able to use either the entire venue, the gambling areas of the venue or the poker machine room itself. When you do that, you self-exclude for a period of time and that's a really good sort of psychological barrier for taking away that uh, option for you to go into a club or a pub and use the poker machines. Pubs are a little bit different, I think. You've there's a slightly different process for doing self-exclusion from pubs, but if you've got a counsellor or if you're seeing a counsellor, talk to them about self-exclusion. It's a really, really good tool. Great. And I know that there's a lot of information about excluding yourself or some people like to call it banning yourself from gambling, and that's available on the GamblerAware website as well. We should note that you can actually exclude from online wagering operators as well. So if you do struggle with online wagering or even going to the TAB, you can exclude yourself from those as well. So there are many options to help people in that sense as well. So Nick, another question for you around affected others. And what I mean by that is, you know, you may, your partner, you may notice that they're struggling with their gambling before they do. How can you support, be supported or support people that may want to help their loved one? Oh, that's a really important question because, you know, gambling is very rarely siloed. You need to find a situation where it's only affected the actual user of the activity. Partners and family members are oftentimes, you know, pay as high a price too, emotionally and psychologically. So we're pleased to offer counselling to people who are affected by gambling through a loved one. So the most common example of that would be a partner of a client or family member of a gambler. And we offer them the same level of support as we would do someone who is the gambler themselves. Uh, we give an uncapped counselling service to them at, again, no cost with no uh, limit in terms of the session numbers to support them and support them in their stage of the journey. Because, you know, once again, um, it's really important to check in and be mindful of the fact that someone's emotional reactions can be significantly altered by sort of being around someone who might be gambling and affect them quite notably too, because oftentimes they're the passengers, they're the bystanders who didn't consent to the situation being created in the first place, but undoubtedly play a role in kind of picking up the pieces and putting a person's life back together. So we're so proud to be able to support family members and loved ones of a gambler. And I really want people to know and hear the message that they are absolutely every bit as entitled and as welcome to access this service as anybody else. Great. Thank you. Any final words, Nick or Lee? From my end, stay connected, get supported and get other people supported too. From me, I'd say have the conversation. Talking about something like mental health, like addiction, opening that conversation reduces the stigma from it and allows the conversation to stream into recovery if it's if that's what you need. Also, think about how you're substituting your time. Just like we talk about mental health, taking up uh, physical activity, 
to help recover from a particular event. The same thing can be used to recover from addiction as well. So taking up physical activity is definitely something that has helped me. Great advice from both of you. Thank you. And I'd really like to thank you both for sharing your insights and knowing when it's time to talk gambling. That's all for this episode of Let's Talk Gambling. If you do need information or support about gambling, please go to gambleaware.nsw.gov.au or you can call 1800 858 858 and that service is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If today's podcast has raised any issues for you, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 44. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Gambling, the podcast. Are you ready to talk gambling? Start the conversation today by reaching out to your loved ones or calling Gamble Aware on 1-800-858-858 for free confidential advice and support. Not quite sure? Tune in to the next episode. Visit gambleaware.newsouthwales.gov.au for more information or call Gamble Aware on 1-800-858-858.